Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 73 of ZK Live. Tonight, we're going to be talking about wallpaper and all things wallpaper with the expert himself, David Cook. They install wallpaper and a lot of it. Uh, David is going to be teaching a class at ZK Finishing School coming up at the end of April. And I don't install wallpaper, so I have all sorts of questions. I'm excited. I'm going to learn a lot during this episode. David's going to be coming on in just a second. David owns a company called DeFranco uh, Wallpaper and Painting. I believe he's in Illinois, uh, but we're going we're gonna to ask him all about wallpaper installation. Boom! Look at this! Success! We did it! All right, that's the end of the interview, everybody. See you later. All right. Welcome to ZK Live. Yeah, this is kind of cool. I've never uh, done a, a podcast off of Instagram before. I do it this way because it requires uh, the minimal amount of effort in production, post-production. Okay. Interview, I click share, and then I'm done. Well, that's easy. Yes. So we do not edit this podcast. When it goes out in podcast form, it is um, not as well edited as a normal podcast but i don't edit mine either it's one of those things where i could if the second you say it has to be perfect i'm not going to do it <laughs> too many things on the plate so welcome david. tell everybody where you are and what do you do yep my name is uh, david cook and we are in elgin illinois which is about 30 30 something miles northwest of chicago uh, so we have a painting and wallpaper business. We've got four full-time wallpaper installers now. So residential and commercial wallpaper, as well as removing it, and then uh, cabinet refinishing and traditional painting. Wonderful. I've been to Elgin, Illinois before. Uh, that was at PDCA uh, last year, year before last. Yeah, it was like it was the last craftsmanship forum we were allowed to. Yeah. Pre-COVID. We had some kind of family event that happened that weekend. I think it was my son's wedding. Uh, so I was so looking forward to it. And then he announced, hey, we're just going to get married this weekend. like, fine. Well, I guess <laughs> got to do the wedding. But so cool. you have four wallpaper installers. How many painters do you have? Um, we've got 15, well, we've got 15 total employees, including staff. So we've got four installers. Um, and then we have five painters and... Uh, right now, two cabinet guys working on our third. Wow. How long have you been in business? Uh, we Well, I started 2005 is when I started. So just kind of a solo thing. And it was solo pretty much for a while. And then I partnered with a guy. And that worked pretty great until 07, 08. And then once the economy kind of tanked, then his deal was, I'm done. And so he moved to Arizona and left me the business. Didn't leave it in a bad way, but left it as far as I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. Uh, so once he left, then it was kind of kind of trying to refigure out what we were doing because we did a lot of decorative finishes, and you know that went out the window. And the regular painting we had was all like residential repaints, and we had a couple retirement communities that we were in pretty consistently. And once the economy kind of tanked, they all decided to supplement their income with their lost retirement by doing painting so that went away so then it was just been a gradual you know rebuilding of how we find new customers and uh, that's when we came across Marcus Sheridan and uh, learned how to do blogging so they ask you answer theory and yes. it took about it took about two months 
and it was it started to uptick and so i was doing it once a month and then it turned to like one and a half times a month and then i figured out i'm getting a lot of leads from google so then it was i'm doing this every week <laughs> so it it took it was about five about five months and it became our number one source of revenue by far so thank you marcus sheridan because it works that's a tremendous book. I actually saw him speak at a conference uh, about a year ago, a social media marketing conference. He was oh, the yeah. final keynote speaker. And uh, he started talking. I was like, I, I know that. I know that. Like, and then I went, oh, my gosh, I read this guy's book. Yeah. Yeah. You ask, they ask, you answer is, is a great book. Um, so then when did, when did wallpaper come into the mix? Uh, wallpaper actually happened by accident because we were working for an interior designer and we we were doing, they reclaimed a bunch of tin ceiling tiles they got from an old bar in Wisconsin and they were putting it in a library, kind of about the same size ceiling as in our house. And they were just really beat up, but they still wanted that old rustic like patina look. So we were kind of redoing those and putting um modern masters the metallic paint and then hitting them with uh, activators and then sealing them as they kind of went along to get that nice patina look so it kind of looked like that statue of liberty you know here and there and then as we're doing that their wallpaper installer quit and she's i need you to install this wallpaper today i said i have no idea how to do any wallpaper she says well you have a phone jc lick benjamin wars down the street go get what you need come back and put it up i don't care what it looks like they close in three days and this has to be done. And so I went online and did a real basic how this is going to work and tried to find instructions on the paper. Went and got it. I had no clue what I was doing and put it on there. And once I put, put it up, I'm like, oh, this is awful. There's no way they're going to like this. And she came in. She's like, you said you never did wallpaper. I said, I've never touched wallpaper before. I stripped it. I've never installed it. She's like, well, you're our wallpaper installer now. So here's there's three more rooms. So. We have them done, have them done by Friday, so she launched my Martha Daly. So if you ever you guys know Martha Daly, she's in Houston, Texas. She's probably the most world class, amazing interior designer I've ever worked with and ever met in my life. She's amazing. Wow. Yep. So you went from like complete amateur installation. I'm sure you look back on that first one and you're like, oh my god, like do you do a lot of things different now? Oh my gosh, completely redone how I did it. Um, we were on a, doing an estimate for a, a two-story foyer because they wanted us to strip it and rehang it. And in the process of going doing the estimate, um, we couldn't get there in time. So we ended up getting giving her some estimates on touching up cabinets from a cabinet builder. So there was another guy doing wallpaper there and one thing led to another and he, re he was retiring as he was doing that job. That was the last job he was redoing. So he turned us on to the uh, Wall Covering Installers Association. And that was, it was like end of summer and they just happened to have a conference coming. It was like four weeks later. And so talked to my wife and we joined and three weeks later we were at their conference in uh, Louisville. And we were down there for three days and it was complete immersion of knowing nothing from wallpaper to you've got 150 installers down there. And they're all, it was kind of funny because it's that, you know, how do you, how do you paint a room? How do you ask 10 paint painters to paint a room? And you get 15 different answers. Yeah. Ask a wallpaper installer how to hang wallpaper and you get about 20 different answers. So it was, okay, what am I taking away from this and who? So it was kind of just, 
you know, you're almost feeling out the room to figure out, you know, who you're really going to take some good advice from. So that way you go back with the tools you need. Um, and then we ended up buying, I bought all kinds of tools down there because they were just, they were there, they were available. Um, and all they had their like vendor showcase kind of set up so you can buy stuff there. And everything that we learned at that conference, I got calls for within about five days once I got back to back home. And it just ex pretty much took off after that. And, it, and we really haven't looked back since. That's tremendous. And now people can come out to ZKFS April 24th. And, and back same thing. They can come out not knowing how to wallpaper and they can go home with a base knowledge to actually go install wallpaper. So I'm excited for that. Yeah, I'm looking um, forward to it because there, there isn't no, there isn't any place that you can go anymore. All those schools have closed. I know you and I have been trading back and forth emails and Google Docs, and we've got a pretty good size give, you know, giveaway that, you know, for they can take home with them. Practical knowledge they're going to get hands on, something they can take with them afterwards. Um, I think we're finishing the um, toolkit, so I don't remember what we have in there, but just a basic basic little grip of basic wallpaper hand tools, but they're quality hand tools. It's nothing you're going to find at Home Depot, Menards, or Lowe's. This is stuff that's going to last you the rest of your life. Yeah. So I guess while we're there, now let's, let's start at the beginning and then we'll get into what are these hand tools because they might be out of context. All right. Uh, let's start at the beginning. Like I'm assuming, well, I, there are many types of wallpaper uh, and there's, you, it's safe to say there's a, a, a large increase in demand for wallpaper right now. Have you seen that? Um, we haven't really seen an increase because we've been pretty consistent in our wallpaper installation. Um, it's, it's, it keeps shifting, um, kind of like the painting industry. It keeps shifting, you know, what you get requests for. So we were doing a ton of commercial wallpaper and then some residential um, and then a lot of commercial wallpaper we got requests to do in homes because it just lasts and wears so much better. But then in the past, since COVID now, the commercial wallpaper that we had pretty much, we were on contract for a lot of different hotels, uh, commercial buildings that all went away in a matter of a day. Um, but the residential side now picked up. So we're getting a lot more calls, but they're smaller jobs. So we would be doing wallpaper installations for one to two weeks job. And so now it's a lot more people asking for wallpaper installation, like for a powder room or accent walls. So we're still getting a lot of calls, but the installs are a lot different, um, smaller. And then it gets tricky because you're getting, you get a lot more people have entered the pot per se for making the wallpaper. So it used to be you had a couple of your really big, you know, name brands. And now those name brands are really getting kind of, tested by some smaller and up-and-coming businesses um like a lot of sign graph sign and graphic companies we work with that they have all the tools to print you know vehicle wraps so now they're printing wallpaper so it's kind of interesting on one hand because it's very readily available but that's also the bad side because it's so readily available there's no quality control and it was an issue a couple years ago and it's now it's even more so so people are printing wallpaper on sometimes it is like rice paper and you go to put get it wet and it just crumbles or they'll get self-stick uh so don't buy from china by the way uh so they're getting self-stick in different types of wallpapers that as soon as you touch the ink and even we use gloves 
and ink just comes right off. It doesn't even stay. It has no steadfastness to it. So make sure you can, we, we try and give estimates, you know, it's going to be about X amount of dollars to do a room, but you know, we always want that wallpaper information where they're getting it from because we already kind of have a couple flagged companies where they're getting it that we know it's going to be bad wallpaper. Um, but there's a lot of really great stuff out there too. So that's it. That's a key piece to this puzzle is estimating it's it and and what paper are we going to use, right? So when a client calls, I call you like, hey David, I want you to come uh, do wallpaper in my living room. What do you say next? Yep, we have a intake form, and I don't have one here with me, but we have an intake form, and then we have our staff use or I use. So we try and get you know what kind of rooms it going into. Um, is the wall, is it new construction? Is it a remodel? Do you have wallpaper that's on the wall now that has to come off? Uh, the biggest keys, do you have your wallpaper selected already? Um, uh, because, you know, I can tell you, you know, $520 is the minimum we're coming out there to install wallpaper for, but you know, there's also a couple variables in that because within the wallpaper, we want to know what you're hanging. Uh, so if it's, you know, it, uh, run-of-the-mill average 20-inch wide wallpaper. You know, I can pretty much figure that out pretty quick, how many strips it's going to be. Um, and most of them within a certain, like, York wall coverings. For the most York wall coverings, I know are going to be this type of primer, this type of paste. It's going to take so much time to do it. But then you get in some tricky ones where the paper comes, and it's almost uh, almost looks like this sheet of paper. And so the wallpaper is the black line. And you have to pre-trim every single piece before you put it on the wall. And so you have to have your table set up. You need, you know, we got six foot straight edges and clamps and some weights. So when you're trying to say, well, how much is it going to cost? Well, you're thinking it's coming in a roll. You unroll it and glue it. And you show up and you've got 85 pieces that you got to trim all this stuff for. Well, your cost just went through the roof on that. So knowing the paper is our biggest obstacle. Um, and then even when we get the wallpaper, sometimes we don't know. It won't say on the instructions. It won't say on the website that it's a trimmed or non-trimmed. So it's always that kind of caveat, you know, based on what you told us and based on our information, this is what we're going to do. What's we're going to do. Um, so we're getting, and during COVID, it made it even harder because we weren't doing any on-site estimates. It was all virtual. Um, so now we're actually kind of getting back into going to homes, looking at the paper, uh, and finding out what we need to install it. So let's make it a lot easier to give ask, ac <laughs> asterisks, accurate estimates. So that's helped a lot. But at the end of the day, it's still an estimate and there's some flex to it. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it seems like wallpaper cabinets, I think you experienced that too. There seems to be, it, it seems to really change. You know, if someone wants a room painted, you know, you're painting it. There's not a lot of big deal that, with that. But we're finding with the wallpaper, um, what they're ordering might change. And then uh, the availability changes really fast. Uh, we just did one of my first mistake in a long time where I went and estimated it. And the uh, little card that it came with gave us the repeat, how wide it was, um, and how much was on the roll. But when we unrolled the paper, the repeat was different. And the roll wasn't what they said it was. So we thought we had one strip extra and we started cutting it and getting all our sheets in line and we were one strip short. They ordered it two weeks ago and the company that they bought it from no longer has it in stock. So now you're scrambling to find out, 
can we still get that paper? And then you have to find the same dye lot, color lot, and all this other stuff to make sure it's the same one. And we found one, but it was just in the meantime, they're expecting to get the wallpaper done. So it's done by Easter and now it's not going to happen. So I don't know. I felt, I really felt bad because I've never, I've never done that before. Usually I order too much. Now's the first time I was off by that, but. That's crazy. So planning is very important with wallpaper. Yeah. And if you get an older wallpaper installer, I mean, I've only done this a couple of years, so you know, I'm pretty good at it, but I have no means an expert compared to some guys in the, the wallpaper associations and some guys have been around, but uh, yeah, the engineering of it. So usually if we go out in person, I've got graph paper. So every wall we measure out. So height, width, uh, I pay no attention to windows. I pay no attention to any obstacles. If it's in the room, I'm figuring it's there. Um, commercial wallpaper, you can play around with a little bit on that, but for the most part, you're just planning to paper everything and you cut around it. Um, so that's, you know, engineering it out. Your every room is 10 by eight. This one's five by eight, 10 by eight, five by eight. So now I have my basics and then you go through and once you have, your layout now you're trying to figure out okay how wide is the wallpaper so every if it's 21 inches i'm dividing 21 inches by the width of the wall and that'll give you how many strips you have to have but then you have to take an now you know so for the whole room say if it's 20 strips that you need and you have to look at the paper now what's the repeat so if it's an eight foot wall but it's a two foot repeat you need 12 10 foot strips all the way around so you just went from like an average wallpaper can be 21 feet, 24 feet, 30 feet. And then if it's commercial, you can buy it by the yard. So it kind of gets interesting. So all that stuff plays into how much paper you have to order. Um, great example. We just did one for a stairwell and we just estimating and say, well, I think it's just going to be a couple, couple rolls. I'm like, no, it's going to be actually a lot of rolls because as you're doing a stairwell, we did a video on it a couple of weeks ago. Well, the stairwell, you know, you got the angle this way, angles this way, and you have to account, you know, for the square on the top and the bottom. So what is maybe only eight foot of wall horizontally turns into 12 feet of wall because you have to account for where the ceiling is plus the rise of the ceiling and the rise or the pitch of the stairwell. So you're turning, sometimes we got, there was four strips out of a 30 foot roll. We got one piece of wallpaper because it has a four foot repeat. So now your materials, they go through the roof. So it, you, I don't know, you really have to educate the people. So I know with the YouTubes and the blogging, you know, we try and do our best to really educate people. So they're not surprised because there's still a shock factor when you figure out how much wallpaper people need. Um, and then there's some websites that do a pretty good job of saying, you know, how much wallpaper for a room. Um, but you have to look at are they accounting for how big your roll is, how big your repeat is, how wide it is? Some of them just ballpark it, but it doesn't really work. The only way to do it is go there, measure the room, engineer it on graph paper, measure it out, and actually pretend you're actually hanging on that little graph paper to make sure you have enough. I like that. And so, and I, I like that. I think as, as a teacher for this class, I think it's valuable that you've, you're not so far down the rabbit hole. Like it's not done this, like you said, your entire career and you're doing the ultra high end $30,000 of a room wallpapers where yeah, it can't be taught in a weekend. Right? No. I think that's why I, I'm so excited to have you be the teacher because you're going to teach people how to actually apply wallpaper in a weekend without going 
so far into the weeds about crazy little details <laughs> where you'd need two weeks to teach anybody even decently. Cause we're not, the whole point of this is if, if you're looking to hang $30,000 wall favor, best class is not for you. Uh, me, cause I'm not going to be able to tell you either. <laughs> yeah, that's not what we're looking at, but I, I like the idea of we are taking and getting people up to a base level so they can install wallpaper, uh, but not the crazy high end stuff. So you talked about engineering the room. That's the, that's the graph paper and like mapping out what you're going to do and how. Yep. Uh, does it go any farther than that? As far as. That's, that's pretty much the basic of it. I mean, that's how I've learned to do it and that's been the most effective for me. Um, you know, you, you try and add a couple hours into your, when you're doing the bid for that time, because it does take time. You're going there and adding it all up to make sure what's going to go where. So you, know, you have to account for that time. You can't just give it to them. Um, Once you start putting stuff up, you better have had a plan. You have to, yeah. Plan to fail or fail to plan. I love it. <laughs> so, and, and I, I, to the point of not having a hard price, I think, a lot of painters understand that, like I know, in, we've removed a lot of wallpaper. We don't remove wallpaper at a hard number, right? Because it's, who knows? Sometimes you take it off in full sheets. And you're like, oh my God, that was so easy. And then we've all remember the times where we've taken wallpaper off like dime quarter size pieces at a time. And you're there for days. So I think it's, it's easy to wrap for painters to wrap their heads around, okay, this is not a set price because there's a lot of unknowns. Just like I can't give you a hard price to remove wallpaper because there's a lot of unknowns. Yeah. That's interesting. So the, I guess the first step then we've engineered the room and we've ordered our paper based off of those things. And hope, I guess you have to trust the wallpaper it's company. You know, how often are you going to find out they lied to you and said that it's wrong? Um, Believe it or not. A lot. a lot. Yeah. You can, uh, you can probably figure 30% of the time you will have a problem with the wallpaper order. Um, so when we're giving people the, we give them their estimate. So if this is how much it's going to cost to install the wallpaper, this is how much it's going to cost to prep the wall. And then we give them another line item. This is based on you are ordering this pattern, this lot number in series and X amount of, and then you have to figure out the right amount of rolls because it gets goofy because you got metric rolls and then you got U.S. rolls, single rolls, single rolls sold as double by yards. There's probably about five different ways that I know of that you can buy the wallpaper. And so you really, you have to pay attention to what that label says is how it's ordered because you can get into trouble really quick. Um, it was like the, probably the fourth job I did. I told them we needed, you know, five rolls. They sent the five rolls and the rolls were metric and it was six meters of paper. So they, that company actually sold a single roll of wallpaper, six meters. They're the probably only company I've ever met that sold a, a actual single roll. Cause it, that's the other part that gets confusing because almost every residential wallpaper is sold in a double roll. And on the, you go on the website and they'll say, how many single rolls do you need? Well, you're not getting a single roll because right after it, it'll say, you know, tiny, tiny print, you know, everything's sold in double rolls. So we tell them exactly how they need to order. Um, and I, you know, we do that on purpose because if 
uh, around here, we use JC Lick, Benjamin Moore stores, because they have a lot of really good designers and they have a really good return policy for wallpaper. So I'll, I'll add 15% no matter what. That way if there's an issue or a defect. But if you don't need it, they'll take it back. Or most companies, once you order it, they're not taking it back. Um, so having, you know, having that estimate to take to the designer to tell them exactly what you're ordering makes your life just a lot easier because then there's no guesswork. So there's a lot of covering your butt, making sure, uh, you know, this is not, I'm going to go grab an extra gallon like I had to do today on a job. You don't just go grab an extra gallon. Yeah. So <clears throat> there's different types. Tell me about the wall prep. Like, what do you have, what do I have to do to get ready to paint, to do wallpaper on a room? You know, similar to repainting, you know, you're going to want to make sure what, you know, what's on the wall. If there's peeling paint or if there's wall damage, it's going to have to be really taken care of. Overall, you're looking for level four finish would be your minimum. Um, level five depends on the wall. We're doing a lot of commercial graphics right now um, where it is, I don't have one with me. I, I'd show you, it is slick. So like almost like this, your iPad screen, it's that smooth and it's that shiny. So when you're putting that on a piece of, on a wall, and if anyone hears a paint, well, I'm assuming most people here are painters, you know, you get that rolling and stipple effect on the wall, or if there's a nail pop on the wall, all those little stipples, they just show straight through on the, onto the wallpaper surface. So it kind of depends how they're specking it out for you to install it. So you kind of have to know that, you know, with their spec sheets ahead of time. Um, so inspecting the wall, we always pole sand everything just like you would anyway. Um, and then two wallpaper primers we use are guards. And I love guards from the standpoint, from a painter's perspective and from a wallpaper's perspective, it's great because if you have any wall board that's an issue, you know, it penetrates through the paint and it'll penetrate through that wall board. So you have a really tight and sometimes too hard of a surface, but it's solid. So you don't have to worry about, you know, people will say, I hate wallpaper because my mom could never get it off. Well, your mom can never get it off. And if there's a union painter on here, I'm sorry, but that's because the union painter that built the house during the eighties and nineties was in a hurry and did a crap job and they didn't prime the walls and they put wallpaper right over bare drywall. So it'll never come off. You basically added another um, layer of wallpaper to your wall. It's never coming off. So having that primer and then you want to look on the wall because if you've ever done, if you ever used guards before, it's great because you can look down the side of that wall and you can see, you know, if it's shiny or if it's dull. If it's dull, you know, you need more primer because it's sucked into that wall too much. Um, so having, you know, proper surface, making sure there's no peeling paint, no nail pops, um, simple stuff of are they going to fix any holes? So are the nails going back to where they were or do they have to be filled? Um, you know, the curtains are a big one where those anchors, they have to be fixed before they're going in or not. Um, we got, we're getting into it today because we're doing a commercial space and the guys are there installing and we're supposed to install a wall and they're texting me and I'm in a estimate and a walkthrough and I can't take the call. <laughs> so they're on hold, but they're texting me like crazy. I'm like, okay, there's something really wrong. So I finally step out for a few minutes and call them like, dude, they want us to hang wallpaper over wallpaper. Like, all right, you got the project manager's number, call them right now. So they had commercial paper that they were taking bond, um, Durabond, and they're skim coating around the edges. And then they're using, um, it wasn't Aqu uh, Aqualock. They're taking tinted Aqualock and paint priming over the wallpaper to say, yeah, it's a good surface to use. So 
on so many levels it's wrong because if you're using if there's a commercial wallpaper on the wall it's a national fire they have national fire codes it's a national fire code that you're not allowed to hang commercial wallpaper over existing wallpaper because of the toxic and fumes and you know if it catches fire it's a big issue um but outside of the fire code you're hanging you're trying you're trusting your surface so when you're doing your surface prep you don't know what's underneath that wallpaper you don't know how well it's been prepped so you go to hang wallpaper over existing wallpaper that's been there say 10 years wallpaper is designed to be pulled off of a wall and now you're introducing moisture to a wallpaper that may or may not have been primed properly that moisture has to go someplace so is it going to go in the wallpaper to the wall or is it going to come out through the wallpaper you're installing as it's drying so you know as the wallpaper adhesive is drying creates gas and all those bubbles you know all that air has to go somewhere so it's going to one way or another it's going someplace you want it to go into the wall if it's all possible and that really you know eliminates all your bubbles <laughs> but in this case all it's going to do is come right back so the whole wall it just looks like you know it looks like chicken pox all over the wall because that gas has nowhere to go and then for this case commercial paper you're putting one piece on and you put another piece over it and then you cut your seams and then it lays back down well, when you cut those seams you have a couple different tools that you can use to avoid cutting the drywall but at some level the drywall gets scored you, now you've reintroduced adhesive air water into the wall behind the other wallpaper and as you sit there, you cut that, and within about a week, it starts curling like that. And it starts curling right off the wall. And you can't warranty that. And people want to say, well, it shouldn't be a big deal. Well, it is a big deal. And then the other part is you're putting Durabond over a slick surface. And I've never had experience with Durabond bonding to a slick surface. You know, you have to have something for it to bond to. So there's just so many reasons that you've just you know, produced a failure. It's not even funny, but they put it in writing today. We don't care. Hang it. <laughs> All right. You put it in uh, writing. We'll hang it. Wow. But generally you're using guards or you said there was a second one. Guards are Roman. Uh, they, they changed a Roman 977. So it's a pre, it's a white pigmented uh, primer and it's specifically designed for wallpaper. The cool thing about the, the guards I know you technically you can tint it, but you really can't. Um, but the guard, the Roman 977, it's a white pigmented primer, and that can be tinted. Um, there's another one. We just don't have access to it here in Chicago. It's called Draw Tight. So I know that is like, that's the, oh, of wallpaper <laughs> primer. Uh, but we just can't get it. So do you usually prime the wall a certain color based off of what the wallpaper is going to be? Um, I will actually pre-paint it sometimes so we'll prep the wall for everything and if it's a really dark paper um, again you kind of have to look at the paper to what it says because some of the wallpapers are semi-translucent so the whatever the um, paper is we kind of leave it to the designer sometimes they want the white to be the focal point sometimes they want the black to be the focal point so we kind of leave it to them what what part of that paper they want to show through the most so kind of like the underlying primers for, you know, the fine finishes, you know, if you're trying to paint red, you know, you can't paint red over yellow. So a similar kind of thing where you want to make sure you have a solid color. So 
depending on your on your seams. So a lot of them, the seams butt paper to paper. So as you're doing that by putting a solid color underneath there, if the seams kind of pull apart a little bit, you know, you're talking the, the width of a piece of paper sometimes. But if you have a solid surface color underneath that, you're not going to see the white or a yellow that the wall was done. It'll have that solid uniform color. And then you prime it with guards and then you're good to go. That's awesome. So you, you mentioned something about overlaying paper and then cutting it after. Is that what double cutting is? What is it, double? That's a double cut. So just kind of like two pieces of paper. So you're putting the one piece of paper goes down and then the other goes right over it. So typically every paper is a little bit different. Um, on the double cut, usually for commercial, you got like a two inch overlay. Um, so they overlap, physically overlap two inches. And then that one inch mark on each side, you're cutting with a straight edge. And so the top end comes off, the bottom end comes off, and then they lay back down perfect. And they have a perfect seam. So it's not a factory seam, it's made for that wall, which is really nice in a lot of ways because if you have pages or pieces of paper where you're trying, you're trying to take two pieces of paper and you're trying to put them together, well, it's great as long as it's flat. But, you know, if the wall has a little bit of a bubble to it, you get that. So you get that little seam on there and then you're trying to work, you know, push the paper. Well, you get this one down. Well, now over here, now this one's off. Just like that little, you know, where the paper's folded wrong. Same exact theory. Now this one's not right. So now you're trying to get this one to get in here and how you got to move this one to make it seem. So the double cutting, it, it's that I really like it. Um, once you learn how to do it, it's fast. But I like it because you get it, that wall, you get the paper to lay on the wall and seam for the wall, not for the paper. So you get a really nice, even, flush cut. So it works. It just really works really well. Um, oh, and then with the, like most of them are two inches, but there's some that are actually tiny. So we've had some of the less expensive paper because some of them are printed per square inch. So when they're printing per square inch, you know, you're not getting two or three inches overlay. You're getting just whatever they need. So sometimes it gets really tricky trying to do that double cut because you've got a half inch overlay that you have to make sure you're cutting and that you're not cutting over one way or another. So the wall just doesn't show through. Crazy. I, the thought of it scared <laughs> me. About to cut this paper. Yeah. So, you know, I got the two, <laughs> two of the guys, like, uh, he, he cracks me up. One of the new guys, like, I'll hang it. I'm not cutting it. I'm not cutting it. I'm not cutting nothing. <laughs> yeah. Hang, I mean, he puts paper up faster than I do. So you want to go hang it all? I'll come behind you and cut it all day long. And so, you know, knowing your strengths, what you're good at, what's fast, you know, that's wallpaper. We always put two people on wallpaper, no matter what. So even if it's a powder room, there's two people there. Uh, part of it is engineering. Part of it is just carrying tools in and out, but little stuff like that, you know, wh what you may think, what you may not think, it's just really it just makes it easier for having those two-man teams. So I've seen – let's talk about the glue now. Adhesive. Sure. So we got, we got our, our – our wall is prepped. We have guards down or we have the Roman down. It's tinted the right color. And then there's, like, all sorts of adhesives and different ways to apply adhesives. And, like, fill me in here. Help me out. Yep. So that's where you have to, again, look at the paper, you know, read the instructions, what it says. If there's no instructions, call whoever did it to get what your instructions are. Uh, I know as guys, we hate instructions, but wallpaper is the one thing I read the instructions on. 
So, and it'll, it makes a big difference. Uh, and we didn't do it wrong. We just found out the hard way because we were doing uh, for a condo association and it just said, use wallpaper adhesive. That, that was the instructions. So as we put the adhesive on the wall and we did a test wall for them, it was kind of interesting because we used uh, Dynamite 234 clear adhesive. And I love that adhesive. That's my go-to one for everything. Um, and I know I don't have the right word for it. I want to say elastomeric, but I know that's not the right word. Uh, Are you comments right now? Because the last comment is Dynamite 234 is my go-to glue. Yeah, 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 man. I love that stuff because it... You said get, that word for word. <laughs> um, you get it in the container and it looks like, uh, it almost looks like yogurt or sour. It looks like sour cream. That's the perfect analogy. It looks like a tub of sour cream. It's, it's solid. But as you, uh, especially our paint store, they know when we order five gallon buckets, we always have it mixed. And as you can do it with a paint stir. So if we can get some ordered for the wallpaper class, we'll make sure we have that to show that because it's a great video because it's so thick. But you can thin it to how you want to use it without adding water. So the benefit of that is other wallpaper adhesives, when you add water to it, you are adding micro bacteria from your water source. So that you just add, you, you, um, you're kind of risking the effect of mold being able to be growing, you know, behind your wallpaper between the wall. So the dynamite is great because you're putting it on pure. So it comes that thick. So if you need a really thick at, uh, um, application, you can roll it on a wall or you can roll it on top of the paper itself and it goes on thick. We use it in our paste machines because we have paste machines for the really big wide stuff, but we have some smaller ones too. So we can take it to the store and shake it and now it's ready to go into the wall in the paste machine. I don't have to add any water to it. So that's why I like it. Um, other people don't, but that's okay. And the other reason we use it is uh, Roman makes an unbelievable product too for clear adhesives and they have a couple different grades of it. But personally, and there's about four of us now, and it's actually all four of us in our company, we can't use the Roman stuff because they have mildicides built into the paste. And the mildicides actually make my hands break out. So after a full day, I mean, my into my fingers will be that red. So whatever's in there, I don't know. So that's why we don't use it. So pretty much you got clear adhesive and then clay adhesive. So clay adhesive, a lot of comm most commercial papes, paper are using clay. Um, but there's other ones that are specific that they need clay. Uh, the one paper I started with, you know, we did it with clear and it was so, it had a lot of moisture to it. And so because all that moisture was in there, it came right through because it was a pure paper. And so it actually stained, it's not, wasn't intended to, but just the water came through and it was a fabric on the surface of the paper. So it actually darkened, but it never lightened up again. But that was the first time I've ever seen that. Uh, so we actually had to use a clay-based adhesive, um, which is thicker and it's, it looks yellow um, and it doesn't have as much moisture to it. So sometimes it's really work, it works well for, you have to put corners up, but there's not a lot of adhesive or uh, moisture to it. So it works really well to get it on the wall. You don't have to wait as long to see if you're gonna have bubbles um, because there's not as much moisture. So you don't have much gassing. So it works really great. Interesting. Now you can apply that just with a roller or your, the, their paste machines. Is that the two ways that you apply it? 
Yeah. So you're, well, three ways technically, because some pace will say pace the wall. So you actually, however wide it is, if it's 21 inches wide, you know, we've got our 14 inch rollers and I'm using a 14 inch roller and I'll put it in a 14 inch booster pan and I'll roll out, you know, two swoops, you know, you get on there and it just, as we're coming to the bottom of one, uh, one pan or one strip, the other guy is pasting the next strip or pasting the next piece of wall. Um, we're seeing a lot more of that, which I like it because it's fast because you're not, there's not as much worry about getting paste on the front of the papers. So if you're using the traditional tape, uh, wallpaper table, you're putting all your wallpaper on top of your surface and then you're rolling it out. So you have to be a little bit more careful depending on the um, type of paper you have to make sure the end of the roller, just like you had it with paint, it doesn't have too much glue and it doesn't get on the side. Because uh, if you get it on the face of it, some the, some adhesives will damage the appearance or the front surface of the wallpaper. So you have to be really careful with that. Um, and then through the paste machine, I mean, if you can run it through a paste machine, oh my gosh. Because literally it um, kind of has a series of S's and you feed the paper through it and then you just <laughs> stick it to the wall. <laughs> Boom. So what's the disadvantage to using a, a paste machine then? Why do you use it? Why not use it every time? Uh, side, well, room. So they're big. So they're big and clunky and need a lot of room. So, and then cleaning up. So we're lucky overall when we're done with it, we just kind of go from job to job to job to job. So we'll do about three jobs in a row with it. And then we drain out the, the machine, the, drain the paste from or adhesive from the machine and then we take it to a car wash and we just blow it out with a pressure washer from a car wash. <laughs> <laughs> so the whole thing is waterproof. It's waterproof. Yeah. So, it, you know, you can get really, it, it, if you have to use it in a bucket in some places, you know, you're trying to clean it out and you're in someone's house or out someone's backyard. They take a long time to clean out. Um, and then like the, they have counters that are on there. So you can keep track of how many inches that you're pulling. Those counters are stupid expensive and they are not water resistant in the least. So any water in there will ruin that counter. So there's some, some things that just not really apt. Uh, you're not really able to use it. Um, and that's one of the reasons uh, I get a lot of grief because we use Honda minivans for our company vehicles, um, but they're cheap. They last forever. You know, we've got 300,000, 200 plus on a couple of them. They just run. But the nice thing about it, it's a full eight-foot enclosed van that has complete heat in the back. And we just take the seats out, fold the back seats down, and put a sheet of plywood in there. And <laughs> it's great because you can just leave it in the van because it's, it's pretty sizable, you know, as far as how long it is. So some of them newer, I think it's the Sprinters, the Ford ones we were looking at, we can't fit a paste machine in there. And we couldn't fit our paste tables in there. So it'd have been nice to have a smaller one, but we just really couldn't use it. Um, so it's depending on where you're at. And if you're in a closed area, like high rises, we can't fit those pace machines in the elevator. Some of them are too small. And then if you're locked out of the freight elevator, you're not getting that into the regular passenger elevator. So you're stuck with your pace tables. Um, and someone just commented on their VOV. So that's another, another type of adhesive. It's stupid high tech. Um, usually you can get it off the wall, but it's meant well, we use it on our corners. So if we're wrapping wallpaper on an outside on a 90 degree corner, so to get on that side corner, sometimes it's really hard. So we actually will pre-prime 
the wall with this VOV. It's now it's called Extreme Tech. Um, and put it on there so that way when you're putting a uh, wallpaper, just it's on there. <laughs> Works really well. Okay, so most of the time you're using a, a Roman adhesive or no, the dynamite? Uh, yeah, 234 is pretty much what we use. Uh, but we have the Roman clay. It works really great. The only bad thing is you, you have to thin that in order to get it to go through a paste machine. You can't just use it out of the bucket. So you have to add something in there. So distilled water works pretty good um, because, again, you're not adding any type of, um, you know, you're not adding anything to contaminate the glue. And then, so on a, what's the, the outside corners you're wrapping the, with a sheet? You're not, like, having two pieces that – a butt you wrap it completely and like uh out, you got outside corners so the wallpaper you know has to come around there so we always we do these pre-checks on our paper so kind of like and you can't really see it but you know it's not 100 percent straight and you got to know that going in because you're going to have issues with that paper somewhere that paper's got to lay flat um so an outside corner we pre-glue them and so that helps for the adhesion um but it also kind of gets us more ability. We can lay one side flat and really make it sure it's flat. And then we can just go from the top to bottom or maybe from the middle to the top. And you can work that paper around that corner. It takes a while sometimes, but that's the best way we found to make it work. Um, someone will just mention in using uh, torches. So you can actually, for some of the vinyls, um, it's vinyl like you used to sit on in your cars, the older cars. That's kind of what it looks like. And so it has a lot of memory to it. So when you're getting it from the factory, depending on how it is, you know, that stuff, it has a memory. It's been coiled up. It doesn't want to lay, you know, it's been whirled this way. It doesn't want to go this way. So using that torch is a nice, easy way. Once you're getting it around, you're kind of um, forcing it to relearn or give it a new memory. So you're wrapping around there, getting it hot. And if you get a cold rag on there after you get it, man, it locks hardcore. <laughs> Works pretty good. Um, but uh, we usually, we, we don't get it out much. It's kind of an exception more than the rule for the torch. And then inside, what's, what, and then you were inside corners, just sort of the opposite. Yep. Inside corners, the ins where two corners meet on the inside of a wall. So four corners on the wall, outside corners is, you know, outside of a hallway usually. Uh, so just kind of where the two walls come to meet inside the corner of a house or a room. And, and are those done the same way where you continually want to have one, paper wrap them or do you meet two pieces of paper it kind of depends on the paper and where because you, you got to have a start point so you're starting someplace and you're ending someplace so you're going to have one corner that's going to usually try and pick one air one the least visible corner of the house or the room that's where you're starting that's where you're ending so that way that's where this the pattern's not going to line up someplace and that's usually where it's not going to line up but it really depends on the house. So, you know, kind of that pre-engineering, you're walking it through, you know, kind of having a laser level with you or having just a little, even if you have a two foot level, you know, you can put it in the corner and you can see on the, even on the inside corners where it's got that bow where, you know, it just wasn't done very well. And you're going to have issues. That's where you have issues with the paper not lining up. So sometimes you might have those inside corners where the top looks great and you get to the middle and the, the pattern kind of comes out and then the bottom comes back in again. So just kind of knowing that ahead of the more you know ahead of time to prepare the customer, you know, you might have scenes that don't match because of this. You may have it because of this. So kind of preempting them to know that, um, you know, wrapping the outside corners too, you have to have enough paper. So you can't just like you were talking about ending it on the end. 
you actually have to wrap that paper like four inches to make sure it wraps around and there's enough adhesive for that to hold that paper down. You know, if it gets a little bit over to the corner, it'll pop right up because it just doesn't have enough um, adhesive power to pop them in there. So you're using, what the, what's the, the most vulnerable spot? Is it outside corners are the toughest to have not fail? Like what fails in a, in a wallpaper? Um, the outside corners, usually it gets just, it gets it beat up. So usually more they're getting, you know, people walk in a room, what gets hit, you know, their coat, their jacket, their purse, whatever they're carrying outside corners. Those get beat up pretty good. Um, for bathrooms, kitchens, it's around anywhere where there's water and sinks, the water can get behind there. Um, usually the issues we, I think probably the number one issue we have is where we end if there's wainscoting. That's probably the number one area we have. So where the top, you know, whatever wainscoting is. Uh, so where that paper comes down and it hits that wherever that's at, depending on who finishes it. So sometimes the um, contractor hasn't finished putting in like a top rail or what have you. But if it's all said and done, it's been caulked. So, you know, where the, where that wood meets, it's not a 90 degree angle. You know, it's got that caulk line. So now it gets really tricky. You're trying to keep a nice straight line, but you're cutting the caulk. And now it's, okay, are you going to re-caulk it to kind of hide, you know, to get that flat edge again? That's usually where we have the issues is kind of the wainscoting, for us at least. I know some guys have got some good tricks on it putting extra paste down or different types of adhesive on the bottom. Um, but usually that's where we have the biggest issues cleaning people because they're using rags and chemicals, which don't really work well with ink. And so they're using the rags on the bottom edges to clean it. Next thing you know, you got a line where, you know, it's just wearing off, wearing off, or they're using too much Windex or whatever they're using pledge and it'll get into those seams or it'll get underneath there and start, you know, allow that paper to curl up from the bottom. <clears throat> Is there something that you do before you install where you, like, is there testing that has to happen? Depending on the paper we do, like commercial paper, it's pretty much going to go. I mean, there's not a lot of, some of, there's some, we'll just start. Yes. You should test every piece. <laughs> we'll, we'll, yeah. we'll, okay, that's, a, that's the safest way to go. I mean, we, we know ahead of time cause we get paper ahead of time. So I always want it in my shop. So. If they're delivering to the job site, I'm still going to go get it. And I'm going to bring it back to the shop because I want to know what it's going to do. Um, so we always test it out to see, you know, one, the kind of adhesive it's going to use, if it's going to, one's going to work better than the other. Uh, but for the traditional um, residential papers, we always cut off like an inch strip on the bottom and we just cut it out, see what it's going to, see how it looks like when it's cut. And then we test it with water. So we'll get it wet to see what it's going to do. And we always put a tape measure next to it because some of that paper will expand a half inch. So if 20 inch pieces and you're sitting there watching, it's just going, it keeps getting bigger. It's like, holy crap, <laughs> it gets pretty big. So you want to know how much that's going to expand because that really does affect like with your booking time. And I just learned this a couple months ago from an installer here, Sean Lawler here in Chicago. Um, <laughs> he was showing me that, you know, if you're not booking it all the same time, and even if you do, you know, that expansion happens, but it, it keeps expanding to a certain point. So if the booking time, say, is five minutes, you booked it for five minutes, but you put more, there's been paste longer at the top than at the bottom. So as you work your way around that room, in theory, the top of the paper, you, you get like a trapezoid effect because the top of the paper, 
maybe is wider or thinner than the bottom. So in theory, every time you paste it, you have to switch which way you're pasting to make sure the paper stays true. And what I is, never thought about that. And uh, can you tell me what booking is? Yep. Booking is basically taking the paper. So after you get the paste on there, so it's, you have your paper on top of your table and you rolled out the paste on there and basically you're folding it on top of itself. And that allows the paste to get on all the surfaces and to actually penetrate into the paper and allow it to really, it, it bond, it bonds or binds into the paper. So once you're putting it on the wall, you get the adhesive that's sucked into the wallpaper. So you get a nice adhesion. Interesting. So that's, you do that every time you put the paste on and then fold it. And like let it that's why, again, instructions. <laughs> so the stuff that you're pasting the wall, you're putting paste on the wall and you're hanging it right away. You're not booking anything. So it's just fast. Some stuff, there's some stuff you have to book for 20 minutes. And so it gets really tricky because you're putting paste on there and you have to have, we get those really big 55 gallon um, drum liners because on some of the, paper, the pieces of my wallpaper, they're 54 inches wide. You know, you don't have anything to stick them in. And if you have to book it for 20 minutes, you put that paste on there, and now you got to stick it in the garbage bag because otherwise the, where the paste is on the edges, it'll start drying out. So if you put it in a garbage bag, you're going to twist tie and shut it. Now there's no air getting in there. And then out, put it to the wall. Wow. Is that a Those, standard practice? Do you have to do that very often? Um, not often. Uh, it's been a while since I've had to do that with, with it. Um the more expensive the paper, the more you get into that kind of stuff. Interesting. So then we go to the installation. So we got some, we got adhesive on it. Then we just like walk up, stick it up and walk away. Yeah. Sometimes actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but kind of hard to explain on a little thing on, you know, with this, but you know, yeah, you're pretty much, you know, that's where your engineering starts. Where are you going to start in the room? Where are you going to end in the room? Um, being mindful of what you have, you know, if you, you know, around here with the cable, most people won't allow you to disconnect the cable because if you disconnect the cable, then the cable company has to come back out and reset the modems and charge you $50, of course. So there's a lot of places where we can't, there's, you know, some obstacles in a way. So you want to make sure you have that. Um, but it's pretty much, you're laying out your pieces. So, um, the guys we've trained them, we're cut pre-cutting everything to make sure we have enough make sure the patterns are going to line up and then we just put them in order. We have them in our wall under our wallpaper table or we'll put them in a separate room and we line them up and we number them. So number one, two, three, four, however many pieces there are and they're labeled, which one's the top, which one's the bottom. So that way we, you know, there's no confusion on that. Um, and you always have like about an inch and a half on the top, inch and a half on the bottom for extra, just to make to account for your wall because no wall is exactly straight. You know, you get those weaves up and down. Um, but you start your first line and you know, if it's a, say 21 inch piece of paper, I'm going to put a laser on the wall at 20. I'm going to cut like a half inch off because I know that inside corner isn't going to be pure. Um, so I use a laser level cause that's just stupid and fast. So you put it on there, get your laser level. We use those planks for the most part to stand on and start from the top and just work your way from the top to the bottom. And depending on the type of paper, is the type of tool you use. So there's different tools as far as how you're applying it to the wall. Um, and then once the first one's ready to go, you know, trim the top, you're trimming the bottom, and you're looking at it from the side down the wall to make sure there's no bubbles, no gaps, 
and then next person, you know, usually you have your second person that's pasting everything for you. So that way, once you start, it's just uh, you're handing pieces and sticking them, handing them and sticking them around until you get around the room. And then when you, you know, once you have someone you're working with, they kind of get get a feel for your timing also. So you know, if you got a window, you know you're going to be on that window for 20 minutes. Or the worst, if you have those stupid pedestal sinks with all the little valves underneath, and you got a paper all around it, you know you're there for a half hour, and it's not going to be any sooner. <laughs> Interesting. So what kind of tools are we are you using? Are there specific tools? I know there's specific tools. I don't know what they are, but there are there are tools you're using to do all this. What yep. are they? We're in the shop today. The only one I have here, I have these ones called Unis tools. So she's out of Canada. She came up with these uni tools, I think they're called. So they're metal straight edges. So they're kind of nice because one, they're stainless steel, so they don't mar up a lot of the surfaces. So she has these set up so they have a little bit of a of a, that bevel to it. So it's kind of nice because when you're using the cut, you know, you, you, you can set it against the wall and make a nice line to it. Because it's stained, you can just drag it across to make your cuts. Um, and it's cool because on the other end, she has a little bit of a bevel cut to it or a bevel bend. So that way on the top, we put these on the tops of the wallpaper for the most part. So to the ceiling, so that way you have a little bit extra of a wallpaper lip. So if there's, you know, the, when the ceiling moves up and down, you have a little bit extra to kind of play with. So we use these for pretty much every single paper that we hang. They just work really great. So it's just, just a straight edge, just a different type of straight edge. Um, and then we have, um, there's some plastic ones that are like this. So there's the smoothers. I mean, you, you can use drywall knives. Um, there's guys... <laughs> There's a couple of people that you have fr uh, cake frosting, the whatever those things are called. I guess it's called a knife. And they use those cake frosting knives for like crown molding like up in the corner there. And they take that cake frosting knife and stick it in there because it has all those angles with the knife. And that's how they'll cut around all the different moldings around bookcases or whatever they're cutting around. So that works pretty nice. Uh, sometimes you got to look tricky with the tools, but uh, the straight edges are a big one. Uh, the laser level or regular level. Um, we use sweeps. So a sweep is basically just kind of how it sounds. It looks like a broom. It's about some of them are eight inches, some of them are 12. And I think I have one at 16. And um, we used to, if you do a lot of faux finishing, we used to do those striers on the wall. That's kind of what a wallpaper brush looks like. Uh, but ours are the ones we use and the ones we have the class they have. I think ours are, I think they're bore hair brushes. I think I don't remember. Um, there's all kinds of different ones you can get horse hair, ox hair, there's all kinds of them. Um, but most of the wallpaper tools that we use are all from Japan because none of the U S manufacturers are making wallpaper tools anymore. Um, so the sweep is a big one. That's probably the go-to for laying everything down on the wall because it, it doesn't mess up the paper. It won't crease the paper, but it allows you just nice soft edge that, you know, as you're putting on there, you can sweep your way down. Um, and then they have smoothers, smoothers, there are thousands of them. <laughs> so, um, there's really hard ones. There's soft ones. They have ones that have leather edges on them. So it really depends on the type of paper you're using. Uh, sometimes you have one of these cleaning cloths for my computer, but these work great if you have really delicate paper, because you can put these, the smoother in inside that. And then if you have a mural, cause the murals can be really delicate. You're actually using this to smooth down the wall to get the bubbles out, and it's not scratching the surface. Yeah. Uh, 
and then the, the razor blades. So traditional razor blades you buy at the hardware store, paint store, those hundred packs. And then we use like the Ulfa blades. I use those more than anything. Um, those are the big hand tools. Those are the big ones. And then we have a couple more um, that we have. We'll be giving away out there. Yeah. So anyone that does come to class, we'll leave with all mm -hmm. the specialty tools. You don't want to buy. From what I understand, you don't want to go to Sherwin Williams and buy your wallpaper tools. Uh, yeah, my estates don't have them. Um, they're starting to bring them back. They just—it's been a case here. We just haven't been able to get them. So um, they have a couple smoothers and like seam rollers. They have—they have some, but they don't have a ton. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, let's see. Anything else to cover? As far as the little. <laughs> um, nothing that comes to mind off the top of my head. I can't, I can't really think of anything else right now. Well, any, anything more than this? I mean, I, that, I can, that's why this is going to be a two-day full hands-on thing because I like. I'm listening. What are zinc strips? Do you use zinc strips? Uh, I do not. Uh, we. Uh, um, I never used them, so I'm 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 my understanding of a zinc strip. They're it's it's a metal, but it's really a uh, a thinner piece of metal. So you can put them, you lay them down on top of your wallpaper table, and you can trim with those. Um, we just cut right into our wallpaper tables. So I've I've never used them. Uh, I never learned how. Not that it's a bad thing to use. I just don't, and uh, I've I've seen them. I just never used them. I, I'm glad that you're teaching this class because I have, after hearing all of this, I have a headache. <laughs> the thought of wallpaper seems more daunting and I'm really excited to spend two days and watch you teach this class so I can figure out and wrap my head around it. Cause the idea of just going out, I've had, I've been at, we've been asked so many times to do wallpaper. I can't even it's crazy and more and more and uh oh that they have for sure and yeah. peter a couple comments on here and you know it's kind of gets in once you get into it but you know the razor blades it's the cheapest tool for the wallpaper that you have you know they're stupid cheap but one thing i will tell you and you can use whatever you want but if you're using razor blades have a damn cup with you or a water bottle and put them razor blades in your stupid cup because I can't even tell you how many times we've been on job sites and these guys, they're cutting and they're flipping. They're cutting and they're flipping. You got next thing you got razor blades all on this stupid floor. So to me, it's a safety thing, but I just don't understand it. But, you know, it's the cheapest tool you have, but it's the most important tool you have aside from straight lines. Because if you have a bad razor blade, you are not going to have a good day. And it literally, it's gone one cut and you, know, you can flip it over. But, you know, every time there's a cut, you know, with the traditional razor blades, they're getting put in there or you flip it to the other side. And I know like with the Alpha blades, I like them because they have this uh, tool called the Blade Eater, which we got for everybody. <laughs> and these things are pretty cool because it's you put the blade in there and they snap. So you make a cut and it almost looks like a gun holster. Stick it in there, snap. Stick it in there, snap. They work great. Wow. So I, I did not know that. And it's a new blade for every cut. Every single cut. Yep. Wow. Because what happens if you don't? 
depending on the paper, one, I mean, they, the Ulfa ones, there's another one from Japan that we've used that I like them better, but they don't snap off very well. So we, we just stopped using them. So now Ulfa has a new one now that's been pretty good. So if you don't have a, uh, it's kind of like a regular knife, you know, you try and cut paper <laughs> and you've got a dull blade, it's not happening. Um, you know, and depending on the paper, the wetter it is, the harder it is to cut. So, you know, having a really good straight edge, you know, you want it, you're jamming this thing and you're holding it tight and you're cutting it to make sure that that paper is being held in place by the edge. So on that razor hits it, it's cutting the paper because if you're not holding it tight, that razor blade can pull that paper up or worse, it'll start tearing the paper underneath there. So you really got to have to make sure the right tools, it make all the difference. So, the wallpaper industry is keeping the razor blade industry in business. It sounds like. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that, not, I had no idea. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. My favorite ones. I know everyone's now blowing up on Ulfa. I know my, my favorite ones are Tajima, but uh, Tajima blades, they stopped They're They're only selling so many United States now. So if they don't have a big enough order, they're stopped. They stopped shipping them. So we went back to Ulfa because they're just more available. Home Depot stopped selling them, which really makes me mad. Uh, so now just our local paint store sells them. But they're, they're not – we have to bulk order them. So every time we get them, you know, we order, we order a couple cases of them because they're just not available like they used to be. It's crazy. So there is a lot to wallpaper. <laughs> a little this bit grab and do i can't believe you started your career in wallpaper by just grabbing and doing <laughs> you know the kind of the thing i like about it is you're always learning and i i don't know i love learning new stuff you know i've got probably about eight books on my desk that i'm reading at any given time plus podcasts and you know your audio books while you're driving so you know between marketing doing your our craft better you know there's always something to learn <clears throat> but it's not just about the learning it's about the fact that the materials being used are constantly evolving. Um, we did a podcast. Uh, well, no, we never did the podcast because they wouldn't let me record them. So I won't say who it is. So we called them about their wallpaper, which I thought they'd be excited for, but they would not go on record. Um, but their biggest thing was, is especially overseas, China being the number one issue, there's no regulation for what they can use. So United States, they're pretty standard in the inks that they're using, the papers that they're using, but they always change. They always improve. So they're, it's always an evolving uh, industry as far as what it's being printed on, what they're using to print. So from that aspect, I love it because you, you will never stop learning how to install wallpaper. Uh, we did one today. It was, it was embroidered wallpaper. So I don't know how they did it, but it was embroidered. It looked like a, the cross stitch stuff that my grandma used to do, but it's wallpaper. <laughs> it's crazy. It, it, <clears throat> there's like infinite amount of, of projects you could do and designs. And um, do you ever paint? Do you ever like have to faux paint in like a piece of the pattern to make two pieces that aren't lining up blend together? I'll tell you. <laughs> I used to do custom murals. So that's how I started in painting was hand painting murals. So airbrush, that's all I did. Everything was airbrushed. So airbrushing, I mean, we did some big ones, you know, big size whales and underwater scenes and everything was airbrushed. So 
once Fatheads started, you know, thank you, Fatheads, you know, that pretty much started the demise of custom murals, at least for me. But I still kept the tools. So now we still have all the paints that we use. Um, so there's been a lot of times, especially with the murals, where they're printed a, a special way and they've got a defect. And it's always, always eye level right in the middle of the freaking wall. If there's a defect, I'll guarantee you that's where it's going to happen. So it's been nice. The way I carry a CO2 tank, to, it's actually a scuba tank, but we use it for, I use it for my airbrush. So we'll just go in there and just kind of, just kind of play with it, play with it, play with it, and kind of blend it out. So that, that helps a lot. Um, but sometimes they can't be fixed and you have to reorder everything. But those digital murals and graphics, oh my gosh, like you said, there's, it's just endless application what they can do with those things. And they're so fun to do, make such a huge impact on the room. You know, yeah. oh my gosh, I love them. And once once a designer knows that you can do this, the work just keeps coming then, I would imagine. Overall, yeah. I mean, the commercial stuff, like hotels, I don't I don't even bid hotels because they use, most of the, for the most part, they use roaming crews. So these people are from all over the country and they just go from hotel to hotel to hotel to hotel. Um, and they're doing it very fast and they do it very cheap. Um, yeah. I can't compete with that. And I don't want to. That's not my... That's not my market, you know. We, you know, we gear kind of the fine paints of Europe. We gear for the higher end client. That's what I want to work with because <clears throat> it doesn't matter if stock prices go down. They're still going to paint their house. You know, if someone wants a mural in their house, they're not going to be affected if gasoline's gone up by 50 cents. They don't care. They're still going to have it done. So I've always, that's been my goal for my business to aim for the higher, higher end market because it's more recession proof and then, it's been an accident, but it was a happy accident. So by doing the painting, the wallpaper, and the cabinets, you know, one way or another, someone's doing something. And it's been a yeah. nice build our business because even with, you know, trying to build and trying to gain your business, you know, you call a realtor, you call whomever saying you're a painter. You might get a time of day if you called at the right time when something has happened, but you call them and say, hey, I'm a wallpaper installer. just want to offer services. Can we get your information every yep. single time? They may not use you, but I'll tell you, they're never gonna they're never gonna say no to you. Yeah, I, I that's that's why I'm excited about wallpaper. Because, yeah, it, it's a differentiator, and if if and people love the ease of hiring one company to do multiple things. So they if do. I can cabinets and your and your wall painting and your wallpaper install, and you don't have to call anybody else. Um. You know, I, the margins will be better. Show me the money. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's at the end of the day. That's what we're doing, right? Is building businesses and trying to make some money. So if I can add value to a client, you know, by installing wallpaper, I think that's awesome. Yeah. Um, so you have a podcast. Tell me about your podcast. Yeah. The paint and paper podcast. So we started it a couple years ago. Um, and then we just got busy, you know, scaling our business because I had, we actually had all our all our children worked for me at some point doing something. So it was nice. Uh, I had so much fun doing it. Um, they didn't have to go flip burgers anywhere. So it was great. And we just kind of kept small. You know, we had like two or three people at a given time. And then once we started scaling, then we had to hire people. And then the hiring has been a little bit more work than uh, I anticipated. <laughs> so. <laughs> Uh, within the last year, it just it kind of got put to the side, but we've been picking it up here. Uh, I mean, that was my commitment for the year of just talking about it. So 
I gear it um, mainly for Chicago area, but it's just education. So educating homeowners on anything to do with paint wallpaper cabinets. So kind of an extension of our YouTube channel where we talk about whatever we're doing for the day. Just the podcast, we do it once a month and it could be talking to a designer about what trends are coming in. We just got done talking to Sharon Williams last week about some of their new products that they were talking about that uh, sanitizing paint. So it's kind of cool to talk about, you know, and it's good from our aspect. I like it for marketing because when people go to our website, I mean, you got your website or get, you know, where we're at, what we're doing. You got your blog, you got your YouTube channel, you got a podcast, you know, that whole thing is social proof. It just really helps. I think it helps. Um, it's a lot easier. I don't have to sell anything because they know who we are before I ever get in the house. Yep. It's so, that aspect, but you know, I just like being able to talk about stuff, relating to people, kind of seeing how we can help other people with their businesses, talk about what they specialize in. And if it's a way we can improve someone else's bottom line by getting leads, you know, that's great. You know, Zig Ziglar, help enough people, help other people get what they want and, you know, naturally you just get what you want. So that's kind of our philosophy behind it. I love it. And so we're, it's called the paint and paper podcast. It is. Yep. On yep. all the pl podcast platforms. Yep. Go to iTunes. It's there. You can go to our website, thefrancowallpaper.com. You'll find a link for it on there too. So it's been fun. I mean, we've interviewed, uh, it was kind of cool. We actually had a run of interviewing movie, uh, a bunch of movie people. So that was pretty fun. They were all faith-based movies, uh, but you know, they were talking about how they did it and different aspects. That was really fun. Um, I know Chris Shank, I think he's, we've interviewed him, I think once or twice about the PCA. Um, I think we've had Nick May on there. I don't remember who else, but then you're trying to get local people just, you know, we want to talk about, you know, just kind of community spotlights. So we've been using it as a way to do some community outreach, talk about some fundraising opportunities, paint it forward opportunities. Um, then we just, last one we did was for a non-for-profit, my wife, her daughter, and then a bunch of other women that they know started uh so it's called camp cedar and so it um it's a weekend camp that they're using to help uh sexually abused young girls so that's that was pretty cool it was pretty cool talking to them about that raising awareness and trying to get more information to, the, to people about that so that was really awesome yeah it sounds like you're doing a lot of marketing and I is love, that, I love that marketing. of the downturn and, and the pain that you felt from the downturn. It's like, at least that's what you, you started with during the downturn. You started with the, the blog and you found success. Was that the first real marketing thing you did? That was the first marketing I got into. Yep. Was the blogging. Yeah. And then marketing. That, that? Become, once marketing works, it, it's one of those things where you're like, now I want to do more. It's addictive, but I love it. You know, um, and I like Donald Miller, I love listening to Donald Miller's stuff, story brand, how he kind of breaks that down. Um, but yeah, sales line, I still probably use that more to share it. And I probably use that more than anything else. Um, I had, <laughs> I was away for the weekend and we got the opportunity to do a really close knit. There was 10 of us in a room with, I never heard before, Chris Tuft. You ever heard of him? No. Yeah. So he does a lot of social stuff and he is like an amazing networking person he's supposed to be like considered the network king as far as connections. He can make connections at any second with anyone you want. Almost that's his thing. That's it. But he's a really high end marketing guy. And so he was talking about how he goes about his marketing and just making connections. So it's kind of cool listening to something from a little bit younger and how he's doing different things with that. Um, 
he talked so fast I could not I couldn't keep up with him. It was it was too fast. <laughs> Just still fun to listen to. That's awesome. Well, let's I think we've covered the, the, the broad strokes. Anyone who wants more obviously has to come to ZKFS and their hands dirty and hang some wallpaper. We have rooms set up. We're going to be hanging wallpaper and doing all those things. But I have three questions that I ask everybody at the end of every show. Okay. I've never listened to any of them, so I don't know what they are. That's good. This, this is organic. See, we, we want to keep things organic and, and very real here. Okay. You know, that's the key word these days, often. Right. So I need a DIY tip if someone thinks that they can hit – wants to go hang their own wallpaper what's like the one thing you would tell someone a homeowner or a diy who's like i'm gonna hang my own wallpaper nothing you can t tell me i'm gonna do it what's the one tip you would tell them make sure you read the instructions and then go to youtube and see if there's someone that's showing a video on how to do it love it i need a favorite piece of wallpaper wallpaper hanging paraphernalia Mm, my favorite is the the blades the, that those Tajima blades, man. I've used the Ulf. I, they just fit my hand right. They're metal, so they don't break. Because nothing pisses me off more than cheap plastic tools, and so it's metal. So it, I've had one for I think I've had it for a year and a half now. Same blade. Wonderful. Now I need this is the best question. I need the most embarrassing horror story i i hung the wallpaper upside down and it cost me 50 grand i don't know give me the the the, the most deepest darkest horror story you got we want to hear it yeah um making the mistake the other day on the estimate that was a big one i haven't done that before um is there anything that haunts you uh i'll well Nothing that we did wrong, but it was an issue that we got into where <laughs> we – oh, here's one. So I, I uh, put up wallpaper, and everything went great. Homeowner came home, loved it, and it was down a stairwell, up the other side of the stairwell, kitchen, living room, dining room, all the same paper. So it was – it had to have been 20 rolls of wallpaper, if not more. It was a lot. I was there for three days hanging this. Homeowner loved it. They were signing off on it. The interior designer comes in <laughs> and uh, in his flamboyant self, what the pop, pop, pop did you do? And we're like, what? He's like, it's effing upside down. We're like, what are you talking about? It's upside down. And he looks, he's across the room and he's looking at a little tiny pattern that's as big as that earbud that is in this huge, you know, damsic thing this one little thing and because just like that it was supposed to go that direction and it was facing that direction it all had to be i had to strip the whole thing and rehang it all now do you have to buy new wallpaper too yes oh my gosh and wash the walls and reprime the walls yeah i was not i Happy camper. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Yep. I never, it never always been thought because, you know, nine times out of 10, you take the paper off the roll and that's usually how it's supposed to go. We're looking on the website. There was no indication. There's no indication on the paper which way it goes. Um, oh, my gosh. 
Unbelievable. Yeah, that was not a good day. And did you have a relationship with this this designer ahead of time? Yeah, that, that was probably our fifth project. And that was our last project. And the client was happy with it, and he didn't care. No. He couldn't look at it because he knew it was wrong. Wow. And did you stop working with him, or did he stop working with you? He stopped working with us. That's unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah, his thing was he should have you should have said something, and you know, we sent pictures to somebody, and apparently it wasn't the right person to send it to because there's there's another free one. You hang three pieces of wallpaper, you take a picture, and you have someone look at it. So and it's on the instructions. You know, after three pieces, you make sure it's done right. It, and so after three pieces, they don't pay for anything. If there's a problem in the first or two pieces, they'll usually they'll reimburse you sometimes, uh, but you have a better leg to stand on. But yeah. We did took the three did three pieces took a picture sent it in. Well, they don't have the authority. I do, and you should. Unbelievable. Yeah, it was not. A that doesn't sound like a designer I'd want to work with, though. It was great up until that day. Yeah. Wow. Well, David, thank you so much for joining me. I can't wait to have you out to Rhode Island. We are going to nerd out. We're going to teach people how to hang wallpaper, and. Hopefully they will learn from that mistake and no one will have to strip all the wallpaper and rehang it. Yeah, we got Daniel coming. He's our one of our well, he's been hanging the longest for me. So he's gonna be out there. Uh so if what I'm not showing, he's gonna be showing. So it's kind of nice because he's still learning too, but he's got really great hands-on, great personal experience. So he's gonna be a really good asset for helping also. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited. This is gonna be awesome. Well, <laughs> All right, man. And uh, we'll, I'll be in touch. All right. Sounds great. All right.